The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information or other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. God's children said, Amen. Amen, Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. We've been talking about rest, where we're learning how to rest or Sabbath in things that God has already finished. The church forever has been focused upon behavior. Change, change, change. Do this, do that. God is not into behavior modification. He is into life transformation. So the focus is not on the outside of what I can do. It's on the inside of who God is and who I am in Christ Jesus. To understand that it's a finished work. Now, sometimes we're not seeing the results of finished work because there's still a process that's going on in our lives, but we have to understand that it's already a completed work. It's a finished work, so we can rest because it's finished. Let me ask you this. Is it possible that we aren't seeing more miracles in our life or positive results in our lives because we're not resting? Because we're feeling responsible, because we're feeling anxious. When you look throughout the New Testament, Jesus performed most of his healing miracles on the Sabbath, the day of rest. Man, it blows your mind when you begin looking at that. Is there a lesson in there for us? I believe there is. See, the Bible says in Genesis that God blessed the seventh day, which, by the way, was before the law was actually given. He blessed the seventh day. So watch this in Genesis 2, verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Did God rest because he was tired? No, he rested because it was finished. Because it was completed. So why is it that as the church today, we don't observe Saturday as the Sabbath? Saturday, obviously, is the last day of the work week, not Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week. So why is it that the early church in the book of Acts, the Bible says that they gathered on the first day of the week, that they gathered together to break bread, to hear the message. They, they took communion and they lived life together, which is, by the way, this church is based upon that biblical model. See, we have these large celebration services where we come together, we're, we're taught the word of God, we hear the message, we develop relationships, but real life happens in our small groups, in our connect groups. When you get around other people that are of like faith, people that are working through problems like you're working through problems, your faith begins to grow. You begin to understand that, man, I'm not stupid, I'm not crazy, I'm not the only person that's dealing with issues, that there are other followers of Jesus Christ that are dealing with issues. Listen, if you want to be good at something, if you're a mechanic, what are you going to do? You're going to get around other mechanics. If you're a carpenter, you get around other carpenters and you learn how to develop your skill. Nurses hang together, doctors hang together. Children of God need to hang together. So we, we come and enjoy these large celebration services. We're in this cool room. We get to chill out, hear the message in the word of God. We get to be encouraged. We get to be challenged to know that God has a great purpose and plan for our life. And then we get to get in relationship with one another through our small groups. That's what the early church did. So why is it in the book of Acts that believers began gathering together on Sunday? And Sunday became known as the Lord's Day. Here's why. Because Jesus rose again on Sunday. So the new has come. Under the old covenant, you work, 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 work 
all, all week long, and then you rest on Saturday. You would rest because you are tired from all of your labor. But the new has come, and since Sunday is the first day of the week, now we begin the week on Sunday with God's rest. We prioritize God. Do you realize that's what you're doing when you show up to church on Sunday? You're prioritizing God. You're, you're laboring to enter into God's rest. We, we begin with rest, so we enter God's rest. Then God's rest empowers us to work the rest of the week. So you catch the difference? The old covenant, work, 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 get here on Saturday. Okay, I'm restful. I can do this one more time. The new covenant, it's rest. Now I go and I'm working, I'm resting, I'm working, I'm resting, I'm working, I'm resting. I come back next Sunday and I get a rest even at a higher level. I'm understanding more about the goodness of God, more about his plan and purpose for my life. Understanding that he came that you might have life and life more abundantly. So I rest and I'm resting all week long. Does that mean I'm calling into sick? It calling in sick to work? Absolutely not. I'm going to work, but I'm resting in the goodness of God. What we see throughout the Old Testament were types and shadows or pictures of the things that were to come in the New Testament. It wasn't the actual plan that God had. It was a picture of what was to come. Several years ago, Pam and I took a three-week uh, missions trip to Africa. And we had to leave behind our children. Richie was five and a half at the time, and Christian was one and a half at the time. I, we were gone for three weeks. We were gone so long that when we got back, my son Christian didn't want to have anything to do with me. In fact, his papa had him, and I went up and I grabbed him, and I said, oh, Christian. And he went, oh, I want my papa back. We left him, and, and when we were gone, we began missing them. Now, how many of you know, especially when your kids are small, and as they get, you, you just throughout the years, you always miss your kids when you're not around them. And, and we, would, we would lie in bed at night, and we had our video camera that we had, were taking video of what we were doing in Africa, but we also had video of our family, and we would watch video of our kids playing, and man, we would just laugh, and the funny things they did, and when we were watching the same thing over and over again, but it was our kids. We would take out pictures of our, uh, that were on our phone, and man, we would just kiss on those things, and we'd love on those kids. How many of you parents know what I'm talking about? You're away from your kids, and you miss them. But imagine this, after we got home, that we didn't spend time with them or we didn't kiss them, but we just kept looking at the pictures on our phone. We kept just watching the videos. See, we wouldn't do that, would we? Why? Because the picture of the thing doesn't compare with the real thing, does it? So under the old covenant, the Jewish people had Saturday as a day of rest. It was a law from God, but it was a picture of what was to come because God had a greater rest in mind through his son, Jesus Christ. See, it was a picture of Jesus Christ who was to come. So once Jesus has come, why would we go back to the picture? See, there are some Christians that are still fighting for Saturday to be the Sabbath, but they're going back under the law. They're going back to the picture. God isn't bound up in the observance of a particular day. It's the principle that he's interested in, and it's the principle of rest. It's the principle of resting in him. Now, we've been looking at this passage in Hebrews 4, and in verse 3 it says this, For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he said. Now he goes on to talk about the children of Israel who didn't believe, who didn't enter the rest, and here's what he said. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. 
Notice that God says that they shall not enter my rest. And notice that God called the promised land that the children were going into my rest. The land that they were going in to possess was his rest. So what God called my rest in the old covenant was the promised land. In the new covenant, his rest is the substance of the land. Old covenant's just the land itself. But in the new covenant, it's the substance of the land. The place of God's rest is the place where you discover that everything has already been done for you. And if anything is left undone, you can be sure that it will be done in you, through you, and for you. We still have to walk in and possess it. All right, so if you're thinking God's going to make you walk in the blessing and favor of God, he's not. You still have to walk in and possess it, but it's already done. This is the essence of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where he said, look at the lilies of the field. Look how they grow. They don't struggle or strain, yet your heavenly Father clothes them. Are you not more valuable than them? Look at the birds of the air. They don't have barns. They don't have bank accounts. They don't have retirement accounts. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than the birds of the air? Answer, yes. You're far more valuable than the birds of the air. See, what Jesus is trying to tell us is that God didn't design you to worry. God did not design you to be anxious. God did not design you to be fearful. God did not design you to be carrying burdens that he's never called you to carry. You realize that sheep are not pack-bearing animals. God did not call, call you to be concerned about things, to have this anxiety going on in your lives. God called you and designed you to operate in and out of rest. That's how he designed his children, that we're resting. Are we busy? Absolutely. But man, as we're busy, we're resting. For those of you that are beginning to get a revelation of this, you're going to begin to understand what I'm talking about. Because there was a time in my life when I was not resting in the things of God. And I was busy doing the things of God, but I was stressed about the things of God, trying to make things happen. And when I do that, man, it's no fun for anybody. My staff does not like me. It's just turmoil going on. There's just this anxiousness. But when I step back, thank you for not saying amen, staff. But when I step back and I just rest and remind myself, this is God's church. I'm just the under-shepherd under the great shepherd. And if God wants to grow the church, he'll grow the church. If he wants us to go through some seasons where it's a little more challenging, what I always want is what God wants. But we have to learn how to rest. So what Jesus is telling us is that God did not design you to worry, to be stressed out. He designed you to rest. You can put money in the bank, you can put money in your retirement account, but is it rest or is it stress that is leading you to do that? Because if it's rest that is leading you to do that, you're going to be blessed. But if you're doing those things because you doubt that God has some things prepared for you, or if you're doing it because you doubt whether God wants to take care of you, we see the results. Again, verse 3. For we who have believed do enter that rest. And he said to those who don't believe, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. We don't enter into the rest. But watch this because the verse goes on. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. When did God finish the work for you? 
before the foundation of the world. See, we get, we get so um, bound up in our linear way of thinking that we think that God is bound by time like we are. We think that God is popping in and out of time and understanding things at the last minute. Before the foundation of the world, God knew everything that you were ever going to do. Think about that just for a moment. Some of you are going to go, ooh, ouch, right? Everything that you were going to do, and yet he loved you so much, he sent his only son to die for you. He blesses you. See, sometimes we think, well, that something's going wrong in my life. God must be punishing me for the wrong behavior. Listen, sometimes there's punishment for wrong behavior. When I'm mean to my wife, there's punishment that happens. Not from God, but man, things just don't work between me and mama. And if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? So sometimes there's a built-in punishment. That's why God tell me to be sweet. Why he's teaching me to be kind. But listen, we think sometimes that God is punishing us. He's not. He already knew that you were going to do that. He's not disappointed with you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He's trying to teach you how to walk so that you can walk in all that he has for you. But he's not disappointed with you. He's not mad at you. He's teaching us how to rest. Before the foundation of the world, Christ had already finished everything. Verse 4, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his work. We jump down to verse 9. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. There is a rest for God's people, but not all of God's people are resting. How about you? Listen, will this be the time that you choose to enter into God's rest? If so, it means that we'll be like God and do like God did. In the next verse it says, For he who entered his rest, talking about those who have entered into that rest, has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. When we understand it's finished, we rest. Again, God did not rest because he was tired or because he was wore out from all the things that he had done. He literally spoke the world into existence. He spoke life, vegetation into existence. He created man in the image of God out of the dust of the earth. He was not tired. He just rested because it was finished. When we know it's finished, we rest. That's what God wants for us. But Richie, don't I, I have to put forth effort, right? I have to labor, right? Yes. But it's what we talked about last week in verse 11. Let us therefore make every effort, let us labor to enter that rest. Because man, life happens. Things happen, situations happen. And they knock us out of rest. In that moment, we have a choice to continue to be out of rest or labor to enter into God's rest. How do I labor? I understand in my mind the promises of God. I begin speaking the promises of God. And before you know it, they begin to get in my heart and I believe the promises of God. And when I believe the promises of God, I rest. I'm resting in who God is and who I am in Christ Jesus. The only effort and the only labor that God tells us to put forth, which by the way, just so you know, I'm talking to you today. Because some of you are thinking, man, this is a great message for my spouse. Or man, I just wish my son was here. Boy, if he could just hear this. Listen, I'm talking to you because I'm talking to me because I am talking to every one of us that we have to labor to enter into God's rest. So that's what God's telling us to put forward is to make every effort to enter his rest. Don't labor to be rich. Labor to enter into his rest, and God's rest will bring about financial blessing. When you are resting, you are rested. 
Wasn't that, boo, wow, that was like, that is mind-blowing, Pastor Richie. When you're resting, you are rested. Have you ever done that, just taking a day off, and you got up the next morning going, whoo, man, I'm ready to get back to work. I'm loving life today. So when you are resting, you are rested. Probably the most profound thing I'm going to say today. When that happens, God is going to begin to give you some creative ideas. He's going to begin to give you some creative ideas of things to do, creative ideas to solve problems that you just won't be able to solve when you're stressed out trying to make things happen in your own ability. I've tried fixing people before. Have you? Does not work. I love it when I rest and let God fix them. Because what I typically find is God really wasn't trying to fix them. He was trying to fix me. Because he loves me so much, he wants me to walk in all that he has for me. So there's some things he had to fix in me. Amen. Do you want to be blessed financially? Rest. Do you want to be healthy? Rest. Do you want to have a good marriage? Rest. Do you not want to worry about being a success? Rest. You were unsure on that one. You don't have to worry about your life being a success or your life mattering when you rest because you have Jesus. I'm telling you again, we have made God so small in our eyes. We made God this thing that we try to work into our lives on Sunday about once every other week rather than really understanding that he desires to be in our life 24-7, 365. That it's not about some religious duty and it's not about performing exactly right. It's inviting him into your business. It's inviting him into your marriage. It's inviting him into those health issues that you're dealing with. It's inviting him in through those emotional things that you're dealing with and resting in him because you have Jesus. And if you have Jesus, what else do you need? Let me answer it for you. Nothing. I know that some of you grew up like I did and you're still struggling with this, but you are not bound anymore under the old covenant of performance. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, here's what Jesus did in Colossians 2. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements, he wiped out the law that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Man, quit trying to perform. He's nailed it to the cross. Watch this in verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers. Thank God that Satan and all the principalities of hell have been disarmed. The only time he's armed is through our unbelief when we invite him into our lives and say, God, I don't trust you. Then we get operating in the flesh. He still has no power. We're just operating contrary to the word of God. He has made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now because of that, verse 16, So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. You see, it's no longer about observing a day. Sunday, we come to church because we honor the Lord. We come and we get our, get our, our sh- saws sharpened up. We get our hearts refocused. We get around and, and things that God has put into us that we give out to other people. Things that God has poured into our lives, we pour those things out to other people. So we come and we honor the Lord because the early church did that. Because it was the day of his resurrection. And so on Sunday, the first day of the week, we enter into that rest. We hear the word that brings rest. And then on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we just continue to dwell in the rest that we gained on Sunday. 
That's why some of you, man, you're, you're, you're thinking, man, I've got enough rest to make me three or four weeks, and you just barely crawl back into church. Listen, we've got to show up faithfully so we rest in God. Remind ourselves of the goodness. Hear the word of God so that we're resting. And we go throughout the week, we aren't striving to get results. We're just resting in the fact that Jesus is working behind the scenes. Life becomes hard, difficult, and depressing when we live outside of God's rest. That's why our effort, that's why our labor is to enter that rest. So the Sabbath and the other things listed in verse 16, again verse 17 says, which are a shadow, they're a picture, they're a type of the things to come, but the substance is of Christ. See, it's kind of like the videos and pictures that Pam and I took with us to Africa of the boys. They're just shadows and pictures. They're not the real person. That's what the Sabbath day was. It was a shadow. But the real substance of the Sabbath or rest is found in Christ Jesus. He's in us. Are you resting? Are you able to trust him with everything that you're going through? Do you know today that God has your back? Or are you going to work tomorrow stressed out about some deadline? Amen or oh me. Are you going to work tomorrow stressed out about some meeting that the boss called you on Friday and said, I want to meet with you on Monday? Are you worried what you need to do about some person that you're having a relationship issue with? There's effort and there is labor involved, but the effort and labor is to enter into his rest. Listen, I'm not saying and we're denying the feelings and emotions that you have because we all have them. I've just made a choice, and I know that many of you are making a choice to say, I'm not going to let my feelings and emotions drive my life. I'm not going to let them dictate what I believe. I'm going to let the word of God, the goodness of God, who I am in Christ Jesus, dictate what I believe and drive my life. There's effort involved. But it's laboring to enter into God's rest. Do you believe that God is working in you, through you, and for you? Or do you think that he's asleep and that he's forgotten all about you? Listen, even when Jesus was asleep, he was still controlling the storm. You remember the story of the disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee? Jesus had told them that they were going to the other side. Anytime you get a word from God found in the word of God, you can understand that what the word of God says is true. It's God's word. The Bible, just so you know, for those of you that have bought into the the cultural lie today that the Bible is an outdated book and it doesn't really work or it's just allegories, the Bible is the Word of God. The Bible says that all Scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching, correcting us in our lives, to guide us, to help us understand what it is that God would have us to do. So Jesus told them they were going to the other side. But then a huge storm came up and they became afraid. See, we can look at the promise of God and we can have in our mind how it's going to happen. Because when Jesus told the disciples they were going to the other side, I'm sure they assumed that it was going to be smooth sailing. Jesus is going with us. He's in the boat with us. It's going to be all fine. So we're going to get to the other side. The problem is, is that how it was going to happen, how they thought it was going to happen, it didn't happen. And so sometimes we're believing a promise and we're saying, God, thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. And we think it's going to go poof. 
and it's going to happen. Or we think, we hear the scripture that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. That God wants to bless you financially. And so we think, man, I'm going to do my tithe one time and poof, it's just going to happen. It's not, sometimes things don't happen the way that we think they're going to happen. But when Jesus said they were going to the other side, he meant that they were going to the other side. So even when a storm comes up in our lives, even when difficulties come up in our lives, even when challenges to our faith come up in our lives, those are the times that we can get rooted and grounded in the goodness of God and we can go and say in our hearts we're going to the other side but the disciples didn't do that did they they became fearful they woke up Jesus Jesus don't you care that we're perishing they forgot that Jesus was in the boat with them See, we forget Jesus is in the boat with us. We forget that he's for us and not against us. And if he's for us, who can be against us? We forget the promises of God, and we lose hope in the midst of the storm. See, sometimes it appears as if Jesus is sleeping, and we sometimes begin to feel like, begin to believe because our emotions are going crazy, that we don't know if Jesus really cares about what we're going through. Listen, no matter what you're going through, No matter how dark and terrifying the storm is in your life right now, Jesus has promised in his word to never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus is in the boat with you today. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I promise Jesus is does and he knows what you're going through i know that winds will howl we still face challenges in our life but we need to remind ourselves that jesus is with me that's why we need to remind ourselves all the time god i thank you that you're a good god when our emotions go god are you a good god we need to declare god i thank you that you're a good god because we enter his gates with thanksgiving not with grumbling griping and complaining and when i start saying god thank you lord that you're a good god i begin to believe that he's a good god even in the midst of problems See, and it's the belief that God will always be with us and that he has gone ahead and prepared everything for us that causes us to rest in him. And everything that the enemy, and by the way, I'm not talking about that person in your life that drives you nuts. I'm talking about the devil. Everything that the enemy means for evil in your life, God will work it out for your good. That's why Philippians 2 verse 13 says this, for it is God who works. Just so you know, that's an active working. All right, as I said, before the foundation of the world is finished, if it's not completed in yet, he's working in you, through you, and for you. It's an active working in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He gives you the desires, the want to, and the ability, the how to, to walk in victory. And it's his pleasure to do it. Listen, listen. Even if you don't have a desire to do some things that you know you should be doing, keep resting in God. Don't listen to the accusations and condemnation of the enemy, because I promise it's nonstop. Keep resting in God. Make every effort to enter into God's rest, trusting in his goodness, resting in the finished work of the cross cross even when you don't have a desire to do some things because god is going to give you the desires and the ability to walk in victory over things that right now you may not feel very victorious over so again don't beat yourself up make every effort to enter into christ's rest and watch him finish the things that he started in you he will be faithful to complete it man you know what the devil wants to do is he's just telling you give up 
You, you, you said that you wanted to do this, but man, God is so disappointed with you. Again, I want to say God has never been and never will be disappointed with you. He already knew everything that you were going through. So a Sabbath isn't about a day or qualifying to be blessed by God based upon the perfection of your behavior. It's about resting in the finished work of Jesus and what he's completed in you, through you, and for you. And whatever may appear to not be complete in you, just know that Christ is going to finish it in you. So just rest. Make every effort and labor to enter that rest. Don't allow things in your life to keep you from entering that rest because you, when you rest, you're going to see God do some things in your life that are more amazing than you ever imagined. You're going to see things come back to you. It's kind of like playing a country western album backwards. Your dog's going to come back. Your truck's going to come back. The house is going to come back. Possibly that person's going to come back if that's a good thing, right? God's blessings are going to chase you down. You're going to discover that you're the head and not the tail, that you're above and not beneath, that you're blessed in the city, you're blessed in the country. And everything that you put your hand to is going to be blessed. Why? Because you're resting in what Jesus has already done. Only believe. Such a simple word to say, such a simple word to understand, and so difficult to put into practice. Because there is an accuser that's constantly reminding us of our behavior, trying to get us to think that we have to do something to change something. But what God is saying is, labor, make every effort to enter into my rest. So I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes if you would right now. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.